0: Good morning y'all. It's uh episode what? number 98. You don't know what I'm referring to.
1: Good Do what'd you? you
0: say? Good morning y'all. You don't know that? That video. No. Oh uh-uh. man, you got to watch it. It's this video of this kid um like every day of school for a whole year he walks into his classroom and goes good morning y'all and so there's a video that's just him doing that every day and uh (laughs) it's really fucking funny because there's some days when like he must have his buddy recorded every day and um there's some days when like someone's in the way and so you'll see him like move around him and then say it it's pretty funny maybe i'll i guess (laughs) i'll link to it i'll link to it in the description box whatever time of day it is good morning y'all uh, number episode number ninety eight of the Soco Show is here. This is uh, Colivia Wild, director of Booksmart, <laughs> which you need to go see. And uh, also Seth Ott is joining me.
1: <laughs>
0: it's um a beautiful day here in Bend. You know we um we've had good weekends. Seth was doing some traveling this weekend over to Madison, Wisconsin, visiting some friends of ours there. And uh, we 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 shared a Skype sesh last night to chat. Uh, with kind of the group, and <laughs> I, I I was in the middle of dinner myself, and it was kind of funny because I had eaten at a restaurant that we all agree has a very funny name. Um, I was in the middle of crushing a hamburger, or a, a cheeseburger, rather, I should, let's be clear, Yeah. Um, from a, a place here in Bend called Berg's and Dogs, is what this place <laughs> is called, B-U-R-G-Z-N-D-O-G-Z. D-A.
1: Oh, not D-A-W-G-Z?
0: No, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't dogs. It was just dogs. <laughs> um, burgers and dogs serves three things. Two of which you can guess: burgers and hot dogs. Uh, they also have milkshakes as well as French fries. I guess so. Four things. That's yeah, pretty much the fucking show. Liar! I was enjoying three out of those four things last night when you called, and. <laughs> It's just a really funny thing to say to have to be like, hey, they're like, hey, what do you got, what are you eating there? And I was like, well, it's just some burgs and dogs.
1: <laughs> do you think they're gonna start off, start up some like spin-off restaurants?
0: Oh, they totally should.
1: Dif- different like uh like toxin cream. They could do tacos and ice cream.
0: <laughs> I was thinking like Italian restaurant could be called like like nudes and meats. <laughs> You know what I realized in the middle of saying that I didn't mean like nude, like naked. I was meaning like short for noodles. No, <laughs> but Nudes and Meats is uh, that's one of my favorite websites, actually.
1: You can you can also uh, I mean even it was still n- like noodles and meats. You can still have penises there because it's you know just a noodle.
0: Oh geez, a wet noodle. That's yeah. nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants that.
1: Well, would you rather have like a an uncooked noodle? No one wants that either.
0: I, I guess. I don't want my penis to be a noodle at all. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I would choose another food if, if I was put in a situation like that.
1: Thank you. I feel like you're being a little prude here
0: mm, i I don't think I am, but I certainly would not want it to be an uncooked noodle because that's pretty brittle that's true and uh i don't want my I don't want my you know what let's move on um, <laughs> <laughs> We of course have episode ninety eight going on right now. Uh, We got some news to cover. We got some reviews. I'm actually really excited to review a couple of these things uh, that we've got, and we're gonna we're gonna have some discussion around um, around some some television happenings and uh, some film happenings as well. So a lot to get into. We got a really fun Mambo number five that I'm excited to get to as well this week. So uh, fun stuff coming at you. We're gonna start though, like we always do, with some chic tweets. I call you a punk.
1: Well, one thing that uh, that trended this week on the Twitter is a hashtag, reasons you should stay on Twitter. Uh, apparently, people were boycotting or leaving, tweet- twi- tweeter? <laughs> Le- leaving <laughs> Twitter for some reason. Uh, <laughs> um, tweeter is what they call it in the South. I'm going to get on some tweeter. That's what your mom calls it.
0: <laughs> hey Kyle, you want to read my tweets?
1: <laughs> I'm on tweeter now.
0: <laughs> God, she probably F- does think it's called that. <laughs>
1: At fans, at fans tweets.
0: <laughs> I'd follow uh,
1: her. I, oh hell yeah! She she would replace. She would take over the segment. It wouldn't be the Iron Sheet tweets anymore. It would be Fanny's tweets.
0: It would absolutely be Fanny tweets.
1: She would have to have her own theme song too. Uh, we'd have, <laughs> oh jeez. We we've, we've always dreamed of have her her having her own uh, sitcom. So she she could totally have her own sitcom. So we could create like the the TV theme song for the tweet theme song.
0: I Man. think of it as like a just a little jingle, and then she it's like do 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 do, and then my mom comes up and goes, "Hey cow," that's <laughs> a, that's how I picture the sounder. Maybe maybe replace the Mario jingle that I did for some reason with something else.
1: <laughs> it's my tweets. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Well, other than Fanny being on Twitter soon, uh, the uh, hashtag region, reasons you should stay on Twitter is just simply put Iron Sheik.
0: <laughs> Did he just tweet his name? Hashtag yeah, Iron Sheik, hashtag,
1: hashtag reason, reasons you should stay on Twitter.
0: I think that's valid, man. I really do.
1: It is. That's really the reason. Do. I mean, we he's the reason for our segment. So, I mean, we have to stay on Twitter in order to get content.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I, this is the only, I, this, that's why we do it at the beginning of the show. This is the only reason people come to our show so that we, mm-hmm. they can hear what the chic is tweeting about. Um, if you are on Twitter, uh, follow at V underscore Iron Sheik. If you're not on Twitter, join Twitter for the Iron Chic. I think it's reasonable. I, once upon a time, I joined Twitter just to read Kanye West tweets, which has never disappointed me. It's always been very entertaining. So find a wacky celeb to follow, uh, but you will not find one better than the Iron Sheik. I call you a punk. I let's call you out- a punk. <laughs> oh no. You're a <laughs> punk cow. <Jeez. laughs> um, what are we doing? Uh, let's shout out our sponsors. Audible. <laughs> you threw me way off.
1: I've, uh- <laughs> I've been asking that for 98 episodes now.
0: <laughs> the uh, Let's see. Sponsors. Audible. AudibleTrial.com. SoCo hit the link in the description box you're gonna get 30 days and your first book for free Whoa. indeed you what what the hell what was that what does that sound how oh geez i don't like that one bit that's creeping hello. me out it sounds like I'm a baby beholden. version of this guy
1: that's awesome, boo. <laughs>
0: that's awesome <boo-boo>. oh no <laughs> i don't like that hello oh geez i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do something that I know for a fucking fact will prove ineffective and probably actually hurt my cause, please don't do that
1: <laughs> you don't like that you don't like that demon keeps, that takes it, over.
0: I think it's got one of those little a s m r like reactions where it sends a tingle oh. on down me and not in a good way. Tingo. All right. Shivers that. down your spine. Mathis Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs <laughs> for all your stationary and graphic design needs. Pull! I knew you were going to fucking do it too. <laughs> and don't forget Mike's Wood, Etsy.com slash shop slash corn fed and Wood to get your woodwork. Don't you fucking dare do exactly what I know what you're going to do. Oh. Uh. Oh, yeah. That's. Well. <laughs> Did you get it out of your system i bet not.
1: <laughs> no i i've <laughs> i've been uh oh what's the word i've been um uh, god damn it like when you uh a demon takes over
0: <laughs> what oh, is that possessed <laughs> possessed
1: yeah i couldn't think of possessed um that's rough, but uh, yeah, i've been possessed by that demon
0: so. uh, okay well of all the demons to be possessed by by i should say of all the demons by which to be possessed uh that one sounds like a pretty, pretty decent one. I don't see. I don't think your skin's gonna start falling off, or you start murdering anybody anytime soon. So, I guess well, that's better than the alternatives.
1: I mean, Chucky seemed always seemed like a nice doll until it started stabbing people. So,
0: that's not a demon, though.
1: In the in the original movie, it's a it's someone who. Oh, it's a murderer who possesses yeah. the, well, the doll. That's not a demon, though. It's just yeah. a, it's a guy. Evil who transfers
0: his, transfers his soul into the into the it's
1: doll. An, it's an evil spirit.
0: Well, I guess, but. It's not a demon
1: this is semantics
0: <laughs> hit us up on the tweets let us know if chucky is he's not there's, there's not, he, he's not he's just a guy but i take he's
1: it an right. evil spirit
0: he's not a oh my gosh i yes he's evil but he he like never died yeah, and he's he, a spirit. so and he's not a demon but spirits That's aren't a, demons seth uh, i beg to differ oh god here we go i can already tell i can already tell you're gonna get on my fucking nerves today <laughs> Uh, Well, let's let to that end. Let's jump into the show proper. We're going to start with some TV news. That's what she said. TV. Big news out of uh, out of some 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 Soco favorites. Uh, A couple of headlines here. First of all, SpongeBob SquarePants. Very excited to announce. Actually, I'm not. A prequel series has been ordered by Nickelodeon, where apparently we will. Be going on adventures with a a child SpongeBob, which is you would think I would be stoked for this because I love SpongeBob so much. I don't know, because like I feel like I can kind of get away with watching SpongeBob now even as an adult because I loved it as a kid. I doubt I'll be able to get away with watching <laughs> a child version of SpongeBob. So I think this is like them trying to remarket him to a new younger kid. But I I don't see the point here. But you know, um. get your money, Nickelodeon, whatever.
1: I I wonder if Nickelodeon is going to start doing like prequel series to all their classic cartoons now, um, so they could do like you know prequel. Fairly Odd Parents could be cool. Um, f- uh, prequel Rugrats would be great. And the little sperm swimming around interacting with each other—that'd oh, be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that's that's what we need. That's what we need. Yeah. What would that one be called? Tug rats. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh,
1: that's nasty.
0: I don't like that at all. I just, I, I don't like it at all. <laughs> Get that away from me. <laughs> no more tug rats. Uh, <laughs> we also had a headline, uh Seth, from one of one of our favorite shows that's going on right now.
1: Oh, you want me to do the news now?
0: I, I thought yeah, I want you to, because every time I do the news, you come and say something gross. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I don't think that's true at all. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, fork and shirt balls. The good place is going to end after season four. That could be. That was a good like little uh, like news headline I just did there. Fork and shirt balls. Yeah, the good place is going to end after season four. After Mike Schur just signed a five year, one hundred twenty five million dollar contract with NBC. <laughs> the guy who created that Ooh,
0: show. <laughs> holy shit!
1: Yeah, that guy's loaded.
0: So I, uh, I like this for The Good Place, and they, 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 they've put out to the public, they've tweeted and, and Instagrammed um, a letter that they wrote to the fans, basically saying, you know, we we had this plan, the this mm-hmm. show has been planned out, and we have, we're going to bring it to its logical conclusion in its final season. Um, I think some of the initial reaction was, wait, how the fuck did they get canceled because they're such a huge show? But uh, the truth is that the creators want to bring it to an end, something that we have talked many times on the sh- this show mm-hmm. about being in support of you know uh let's bring the narrative to an end. Personally too, I think that the the seasons 2 and 3 of the good place have have kind of shaken me loose a little bit. I really enjoyed the premise in the first season and they've made a lot of changes. So, I'm excited to see where this kind of wraps up and I imagine you you'd be in agreement.
1: Yeah, very excited to see it. And uh yeah, with with on the on the 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 heels of mark mike sure there it's kind of funny because like that guy started off being he was a writer on the office but he was kind of a smaller one like he was never like the you know head or anything like that and he would, played Moe's. so that guy who's running around with like a neck beard uh in right. weird situation like i watched an episode of the office last night where he um it's like interact with someone and then just fucking sprints away <laughs> like <Yeah>. he doesn't <laughs> even talk to him like that guy that fucking guy is has 125 million dollars now and he's created like all these crazy shows: Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Good Place. There's like two or three more that are coming out on different networks: um, NBC, Fox, and and I think that's probably why NBC locked him down is because he's starting to branch out. So now he has an exclusive TV deal with NBC going forward. So
0: yeah, I, great for him. You know, and we're seeing a lot of this. You know, um, Shonda Rhimes and um, uh, shit. The guy that did Nip Tuck and Glee. Um, his name is escaping me right now. Um, and some, so. A lot of the, niply, Jesus Christ. See, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, a lot of these a lot of these folks are getting locked down, and and I think that, um, I think it makes sense in the scope of things right now. But mm-hmm. uh, getting back to The Good Place, uh, I, I am excited to see kind of how they wrap things up and where these actors go, because there's some, there's some pretty good acting done on that show. Mm-hmm. I think Janet, uh, Darcy Carden, I think she's going to find some success after this too, and this will allow them to kind of free up some time to explore new projects, which is something that I'm in support of.
1: Yeah, I know that uh, guy who plays Cheaty is going to be in Midsummer, or is in Midsummer. Oh,
0: is he? That movie. Yeah. That movie's going to fuck me up. I can already tell. It's uh, That trailer scares the shit out of me. It looks weird. Yeah, absolutely, it does. So that's it for the news this week. Let us know what your thoughts are. Are you going to watch the prequel SpongeBob series? Probably not. Uh, but are you excited for The Good Place to be wrapping up, or do you wish it had more seasons? Let us know uh, on the tweets at underscore Cody Michael, at Seth Water, at Soko Showpot. For now, though, let's move forward. We're going to get into another edition of Seth's TV Corner. Television! Down
1: on the corner. Nobody puts baby on the corner.
0: So this is one, Seth, that a lot of people are watching right now. Um, It's really super big on Netflix. I've started it. I have not finished it. Um, And it is very... I've been watching it today. So if if listeners uh, have sensed that... My mood isn't in the best uh, shape. Then they're about to find out why because I've been watching this fucking show all day. Um, but uh, let's let's start. I want to know what your thoughts were on on Netflix's big uh, big hit right now.
1: Um, yeah, so that, that it's a limited series. Uh, pretty much everyone knows about it by now. It's uh, uh, when they see us, which is Ava DuVernay's uh, show. She uh, she definitely directed all the episodes. I don't know if she co-wrote them. She I think she co-wrote them. I can't remember yeah. though. Yeah, she did. It's about the Central Park Five, which is a group of five uh, black teens from uh, New York. Was it Harlem?
0: I think some of them are from Harlem.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe a little more scattered around. I don't know. I just know that Harlem got brought up a lot in one of the episodes. But So yeah, they, they, were, they were accused of beating severely uh, and raping a woman who was jogging in Central Park. And basically, you find out um, well, I mean, this, I mean, this happened. It's based—it's based off a true story. Um, you, you, that these kids were essentially just framed <laughs> by the police. I mean, they—they they were the whole investigation. There was evidence used that they manipulated to point towards these kids doing it. And they were all uh, sixteen. One was fifteen. The rest were all sixteen years old. So they were all tried as adults and and things like that. But this—the yeah, it's—it's it's a four-part. Of it's in between an hour and an hour and a half for each of them. Um, and it's kind of like set up in the, the, the first two parts are around the event happening and the trial and the last two parts are about how they deal with it later on in life. And, uh, after they're released and things like that eventually. And it's really interesting because yeah, the first two episodes around the trial and all that's very much like a political, not political, but a, a legal courtroom, type thing and and um you know it shows the behind the scenes of what the prosecution was doing and and you know what the what the defense was doing and um it's it's really it's it's really fucked up <laughs> because of all all that evidence like you said it's it's not it's it's not it's definitely not a happy show to watch isn't it it's, it's very frustrating that this that this stuff actually happened and um it's it's the the fact that the you know like that these that These 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 kids were were basically looked at as as tickets for these people to for the for the prosecution to have uh, more notoriety and to um, further their careers. And that they just these these kids were it could have you know it, it I mean it's really I mean it is about those kids, but it is too about the whole the race in general. They just picked out five black kids because that's what they wanted to fit the profile, and that's what happened. You know, and it's it's just. It is the worst. <laughs> it is so bad. Um, and then the second half, when they, it, it's about how they dealt with it. And uh, so the last two episodes are about how they dealt with it later on in life. And it went personally into each of their stories. Um, the first episode is on, like, catch up with four of the kids. And then, like, the kid who got it the worst is the entire last episode. It's like these, you, you see, too, like, and they do an amazing job in the, in the last two episodes of showing, like, that these kids were just absolutely robbed of their childhoods.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what, that's the shit that got me. Like, that's the shit that I was like, fuck, they didn't get to experience anything. <laughs> they, they, they experienced all that stuff growing up from um, somewhere in jail from, is like six to 14 years or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but uh, that they spent in jail. So they they were at minimum 22 <laughs> when they got out of jail, um, which is like, when you would do you'd finish up they were like all getting into high school and and towards college stuff so they'd be just be finishing up college if they went to college and that type of thing it's like so many of those formative years were just gone and it's 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 sickening to watch that stuff um but like it's an extremely well done thing um the show in general is they they picked perfect actors for both the kids and the the adults the uh so the on the prosecution side uh, Lori Laughlin, I believe is, is the, she's the kind of like the head. Um, I think she's, I can't remember. I think she might be with, she's like invest the investigator type. I can't remember what, what exactly role she is, but she, she, <laughs> she, she's the one that's being tried in real life for the, the college stuff. And is going to spend like four months in jail. <laughs> so wait, like Aunt Becky, does,
0: there's no yeah, way that's her.
1: Is it Lori? it's is Lori that her? It's one of the other. It's it's Lori Loughlin or the other one. I always get them mixed up now. But it's it's the one. It's one of the people who is in jail. Um, or going to jail. Felicity Huffman. Sorry, the other that that's oh, the other person. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I always get them mixed up. Sorry, Felicity Huffman is that person, and she's she's going she's going to jail in real life for that. So. <laughs> well, fucking um, good. <laughs> but she was she was really good in that role. I mean, I hated her. Um, mm. and and she she did a really good job of playing that character. Um, and it's, it just kind of sucks. I was discussing this with uh, this this weekend with uh, friends in Madison that she she did an incredible job on that show, and she would probably have a little bit of resurgence in her career and get a few more parts, but that's not happening now. <laughs> so no. uh, pays to be dumb, I guess. But then uh, Vera, Farmiga, Vera Farmiga plays the uh, attorney, uh, prosecuting attorney, and she she was a really interesting character i mean she again she does a really good job but she interesting character in that she was the only one on that side that really had any sort of moral dilemma moral dilemma in in the whole thing and so seeing her struggle there um was 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 pretty cool but yeah otherwise again perfect performances throughout um the music was great in the, in the music picks that they had in it the cinematography and it was amazing um it's there's times too I was watching it. It just felt like a documentary. It felt like I was watching these guys' lives, you know, play out in front of me. Like it was all on camera. But uh outstanding. Though I had one small issue with it, and I think yes, it related because it actually happened. But I just it felt like it was kind of getting beat over the head. Even uh, it, you haven't seen it yet, but towards the end is is the whole the Trump thing. Yeah. Um, so Trump- they
0: talk about that in the first couple episodes too. Um, yeah. And I agree with what you're I think alluding to is. Yeah. Even though it is true and relevant, it it feels like uh, pandery, for lack of a better way to put yep. it, like to be like, let's talk about Trump now and how he relates.
1: Yeah, but that's that took me out of it. Um, you know, and part of me too is like, I'm tired of hearing about that guy, and and I don't want him in my media, like not not my media, but not I don't want him in my art <laughs> that I'm watching. You know, um, but she was they were making a point, and he he did play a role back in the day, but it, in the first episode and then in the last episode he gets brought up and. And uh I just like I, I I don't think I necessarily needed how heavy handed you went with that. Um mm-hmm. so that was my my one issue, but everything else, it's absolutely perfect, um, at least in my eyes. Um the just the way that they did everything. Um it, it was handled really well. Um it, I mean it's one of the it's one of the best miniseries I've I've ever I've ever watched. So um I, I gave this one I gave it... I know the score. I'm just trying to... I can't think of anything else that I have to... I'm just going to straight up say it because there's nothing else I can really relate to it that, that would even be funny because there's not much funny in this. Um, but uh, 4.9 out of 5.
0: Yeah. It's... um. So, it, this is a story that, like, I, I, I think a lot of people have known for a long time. Um, and I think to... I don't want this to get too far away from me because I, I, frankly, don't like talking too much about it. But... Um, in terms of the the how well it was made, I totally agree with what you're saying. All, all the acting is fantastic in this. The cinematography is great. Ava's Ava's bringing her best shit um, in this, and it's really easy to connect with and empathize with these guys um, the way that they tell the story. And even uh, even the Felicity Huffman character that you're talking about, like she's pretty hateable, but she's got you know she has some points also you know, to make, and she's, she's looking for justice for this girl. And so Mm -hmm. there are, there are sections of this where you can even empathize with her. So like on a storytelling basis, um, I think it's really, really well done. Um, the, there's an all-star cast in this. And for a lot of these actors, I have not seen them do better than this in their career. John Leguizamo is awesome. Yeah. And I've not seen a ton of him in his career. Um, I want to get the actor's name right. Um... Um, Michael K Williams is one of the dads. Um, mm-hmm. he's the guy with the kind of scar down at the middle of his face. Yeah. 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 Um, he is really great in this. Um, and mo- most of the parents really are. Um, but those two guys specifically, I thought do really good jobs. Um, but in both kind of halves that you're talking about when the kids are young and then when they're adults, um, cause the only actors that changed are the, the kids or the, the mm-hmm. Central park five themselves changed, but the parents, they just age them up a little bit. Um, and then they they kind of go back into it but this is i mean it's as well made as anything you're going to see i think it works really really well as a limited series rather than like a you know a movie or mm-hmm. or a longer form show would you know because mm-hmm. they they can really stick to just the important parts but they can they can let them breathe uh in a way that they might not have gotten to in a movie
1: mhm
0: and you know this movie obviously has an agenda Sure. but <laughs> yeah sorry the show it feels so much like a movie when you're watching
1: it does. it does yeah. Um especially if you watch it in two parts like kind of like I did.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um it obviously has an agenda, but it's not like a political one, you know, it it's just it just is telling you true shit that happened, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's as much about the boys as it is about the justice system as a whole and how messed up it is. There's a lot dealing in the third episode. I just finished a bit ago um, dealing a lot with how do you, how do you come out of prison and be a productive member of society? And it's very Mm -hmm. fucking hard to do. And uh, so there's a lot here. I think it's one of those shows that everyone should watch even though. And, and I agree with you that it's really well made and I I would rank it highly. It's really hard to say that I like it though, you know, because Mm -hmm. of what's in it and it makes me feel very shitty and angry Um, but I think it's important and that everyone should see it. And it sounds like you agree with that.
1: Yeah. That's one thing I forgot to mention. It's definitely required viewing. I think that it, um, some people have brought up that it should be something potentially played in schools for people to watch. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and that's happened with stuff in the past. I mean, think all, you know, different movies and TV shows we watched in school and would do like, you know, discussions around Um, this. I think this would be a really good one to do it on because, yeah, like you said, with, with uh, Felicity Huffman's character, you know she does she has her agenda and she wants she all, you know she does want justice for that person but at the same time too she is an incredibly terrible person for doing what she did you yeah. know too so it's uh i think there is a lot of like different moral stuff in there too and it's important because there's not a lot when it comes when it comes to like people who are convicted of things and wrongly convicted of things there's a lot to kind of dissect there and 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 it's good for people to know like, hey, there is there. This happens. There's another side to this, mm-hmm. and you know, it's you know, it, if people just need to see it because it's it's hard for people to believe until they actually see something that they can point to, and that that's a big one that they need to be able to point out and, and know about. So,
0: yeah, I think to, um, I think that this is something that I don't know. I I don't like assigning things to white folks, but <clears throat> I think this is as important as anything that white folks should watch because it's, it's recent for one thing. Like every, every white kid probably watches Ritz You know, I know we did as kids and, um, and it's important to watch Ritz to know about slavery, but like this just fucking happened. Uh, parts of this happened during our lifetime. And so for people who are like insulated from, you know, racial discrepancy and, and the whole, and who like, don't believe in systematic racism and things like that. Like, this is a true fucking story about how that actually happened. And I think, especially for folks who don't find themselves faced with that very often, it's really important to see just like how that stuff goes and still goes now, you know, this, this happened in the early nineties, but, um, you know, it's, it's not so far back that, you know, like, I think most of these guys, almost all these guys are still alive. Most of all these characters, the characters or the, you know, the people that were involved in this are still even alive. So I think it's important that people see it and, and understand that this is something that actually happens. Like it's not a problem that you, that happened 200 years ago and we can't do anything about. Um, and I'm hopeful that it, that it will make a difference. Um, and like you said, maybe it does get shown in schools and I think that's good, but yeah, I do. It's, it's a really hard thing to recommend because like, like I said, like, i'm having a pretty shitty day watching this today but i think it's important that people see it um and it's so well done that even if you only i don't know how you could but even if you only watched it like critically you know and we're looking for like filmmaking or tv making techniques Mm -hmm. um and you were watching it just academically based on that then then there's plenty to love here even besides the message but because of the message and and the content in it uh, it so is going to just hammer itself into you. So I will say we're both recommending this. Be careful when you watch this. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch it before a date or uh, or you know, uh, I I don't know. What just understand that you're not going to feel good after you're done watching this. Uh, so something to be aware of going into it. But we're going to talk a little bit more about this and this type of show. But is there anything specifically about when they see us that you wanted to bring up? I don't think so. Okay. Um this is as close to perfect as you're gonna find on the TV corner. Uh four point nine uh four point nine out of five for when they see us this week in the corner. Television down on the corner. Nobody
1: puts corner.
0: So here's kind of what I was I was thinking about while I was watching this. Um, you know, we talk about these things that are really important that everyone see and things that shed light on the justice system or even just whatever the other, you know, whatever else is going on in the world. Um, We saw it with the people versus OJ not too long ago Um, on the documentary side of things. There was the Michael Jackson documentary that we talked about on the show quite a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think what it, what it brings up is the, the role of this type of media in just like society as a whole, you know, and, and how we, how we look at things and then ultimately how we change things. So like, um, for when they see us, you know, what, what can we do about criminal justice reform and, and the systematic racism and things have been done in the, in the intervening time period. But like for, I think it's a struggle for me to be like, here is a, here's a drama show that is digestible, that people are going to watch and they're going to learn from. And that's great and important. On the one hand, that's great. On the other, it's also like, well, why did we need fucking Ava DuVernay to come out and make this thing before people, you know, cared about this? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, in lieu of a better way for folks to care about this kind of stuff, I do think it's important that this stuff comes out and that people are, the message is brought to people that's so important. And and we talked a lot about the the MJ stuff. We didn't, I don't think either of us watched OJ, but we understand it. Um, you know, it was obviously critically huge. Um do you think... Do, so I think it's fair to say that these things do tend to influence us as a society and and potentially can get us to make change. I think that that goes without saying. But are you... Does that make you feel good? Like, is it something that you're in support of that we can bring out this type of media in order to educate people and potentially get them to move politically?
1: I, I mean, I think, it, unfortunately, it's probably the, the best option for that to happen. Um, I think people want to... Have, I guess I, I think people want want it want this type of stuff be to be presented to them in in so, a sort of like you said digestible way. Um, so, a podcast or another another example of things that people are now listening to and becoming more interested in when it comes to like crime and and uh, other sort of. Um, like series like this, where where you know people deep dive and, and talk about issues like you know whether it be race or uh, religion or whatever. So like this podcast or you know like like I said these 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 limited series or Netflix shows or documentaries where it really deep dives. I think people need to see all aspects. They want to know the inside stuff of it. That that's the interesting stuff of like when they see us. Is I think is when you see inside like you know we all get like a service level view of it when you see it on the news or like a you know normal documentary, but this went into each person's lives and you see saw how it impacted so many people. I think people want to see that and because they're able to feel it personally. when it's presented to someone as just a pretty much straight you know forward, here's what happened to them, there's nothing to really connect to. Uh, for there's less to connect to for people, but when you see the inside knowledge, inside knowledge of the whole thing and you see how it it impacted the lives, you can relate to it. And that's what gets people to, um, want to change and want to help and want to fight and that type of thing, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's like seeing, I think what you can do when you have, you know, a little bit of artistic freedom, right. And you can make this into a drama and you can, you can take a look at each of these guys individually is that you get to see them as full-fledged people mm-hmm. and um you know with with their actual lives and their people that they go home to and all of that stuff and it's really easy for us to like you know you oh that's a name i heard in the central park five you know i've seen the headlines fuck that you know and at the for a while it was fuck those guys they raped that woman um and that's pretty much all you had to think about it and i think that goes you know a lot of times you hear about like Criminal justice system and and um, the the way that Trump comes up and in, in when they see us is he uh, is really in favor of the death penalty for these guys and it's really easy to say like oh fuck those convicts like they should be put to death and stuff but and it, it gets harder for people to take stances like that when they know that there are people on the other ends of those decisions yep. And I think that is where these things become important where like if I can or you know if the artist if Ava can can give you more info than you knew outside the facts, um, then it helps people realize, cause it's really hard. And we see a lot of, I mean, it's, it's pride month right now. And we hear a lot about that out of the gay community as well. Is like just getting a chance to get to know someone who is a part of that community. Uh, it's really hard to still hate a person after you've sat down and talked to them for any length of time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so to the extent that we can be fully fleshed out in each other's minds rather than just, you know, a series of boxes, you know, race, religion, sexual orientation, like, um, I think if we, if everyone saw each other as a fully, like, you know, like the, the fucking kids, you know, who kills me in this. In when they see us as the youngest kid, the one that's got the, he gets hit in the eye in the first episode. Mm -hmm. Um, that shit just wrecks me. Like to see just a kid like that. And probably other than there's probably been some documentaries and stuff made over the time, but like probably no one's ever thought of that kid as just a fucking kid, you know? Mm -hmm. And this allows you to see him that way, and. It's uh, it's pretty powerful stuff, man. It really is. Um, so I do think, you know, as much as I wish the world were different and that everyone would just on their own, take the care to dive into some of this stuff and think about it, um, in a more serious way. I think if, if movies and TV and documentaries and whatever else is the thing that gets people to think about this stuff, then great. And, um, and Ava spe- specifically in this one took such care, to make sure that uh, everything was tight factually and um, and every, and she she was giving the message that she wanted to give and I think that it's going to really help people think more about this. We'll see if anything actually changes. I mean, it's hard to affect change, um, but I think this is a, as good example as good as an example as any um, as you know. Here's a piece of art that could potentially change some people's minds and and have some have some sort of positive effect going forward plus I think Ava's gonna blow up I mean she's already been huge but
1: yeah she's already huge
0: (laughs) yeah but I think um whatever she does next people will be excited to see so it's good for her and a lot of people have come out in support of her and and the the series it's critically done super well so I'm really happy to see the response to it
1: yeah she uh, yeah she's she's up there now with one of those names where it's like if something comes out of hers you got to see it type Mm -hmm. thing you know like the Chris Nolans and that type of thing she's she's getting up
0: there so yep definitely Definitely. Definitely. Okay. We, we have made our way through the hard part of the show and we need a palate cleanse here. So we're going to, we're going to switch. We're going to do a hard switch from all that into something more fun. Um, these are important things that we want to talk about on the show, but we also understand that you, you know, you want to goof off and have fun with us too. So we're going to get back to that. Um, in, in summary, watch when they see us. It's very important. I think everyone should watch it. It's on Netflix 4.9 out of five. Um, but let's switch into something that's easier to talk about. <laughs> We're going to go to a Mambo number five that I think is hysterical. Uh, so let's get into that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. So we had, I guess. So this was your idea, Seth. So tell us how you came up with the idea for this week's Mambo.
1: See, so yeah, this week I heard uh, when I was driving to work on uh, the the radio that uh, Baby Shark, that uh, terribly. Uh, a terribly uh addictive song that gets stuck in your head <laughs> that was a U- youtube video or viral viral video um is now going to be a nickelodeon show um and you know for designed for little kids you know like the nick junior thing type you know when 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 uh when kids are before they go to like preschool and sh- like or kindergarten and stuff so it got me thinking like well there's a ton of viral videos out there uh, what what would be what would be a, a good idea for for a kid show? Or not even a kid show, just a, just a series. So not a kid show, but just a series in general autoviral viral videos. So that's, I had so many of those ideas. I'm like, all right, this will be a good mambo. So we're, <laughs> we're going to do uh, top five viral slash YouTube videos that uh, we'd like to see as uh, a TV series. Number five. All right, my number five is... Uh, I know of a, a YouTube video you like very much. Uh, keyboard Cat.
0: Oh fuck yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the series idea that I have would be like a 30 minute variety show with Keyboard Cat where he like they do like little um just like little things of him uh I don't know, like maybe jumping through a hoop or something like that. He's still in that that same outfit. But then like throughout the show he'll play songs, like different songs on the keyboard. <laughs> so Wait, So, don't know. He'll, so he'll it's do all, like,
0: does he do all the other tricks or does he have yeah. other animal friends come in and do their own tricks?
1: Well, I, I, the idea I had was just him, but people, other animals can come in and do, do duets on the, you know, they can, they can play the drums or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he does like covers of a bunch of songs and stuff and, and uh, plays keyboard. That was my idea for keyboard cat.
0: <laughs> I would watch the fuck out of that. And if he's doing a bunch of other stuff too, he could be everything cat, not just keyboard cat. And then it's true. I would Well, no, I would he would stick to, to he
1: would just cover. stick to the keyboard. He is just like he's like Elton John. He just sticks to the keyboard. Everyone uh, else comes everyone else comes in and will do like different different uh <laughs> different instruments.
0: I I would absolutely. I want to see like a real funky looking basset hound with some shades on playing a saxophone.
1: There you go. That's that's the
0: only that's the <laughs> thing I just realized I need in my life. Yeah, in a tux. <laughs> <laughs> keyboard cat would be great. Keyboard cat not too long ago passed away. Um and, uh, that was in the news, which is hilarious. that, that No, was that news.
1: was, that was a grumpy cat.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Grumpy cat, but keyboard cat also, but like before then, but not by too long. Like I think in the last oh, okay. couple years. Okay. But yeah, uh grumpy cat gone as well. So that's a bum. All of our cat heroes are dying, Seth. We're getting old.
1: Well, that's too bad. Fuck cats.
0: <laughs> fuck cats. No, like don't fuck cats, but like fuck
1: cats. No. Yeah. No. Oh, you might. Unless meant. you're another cat. <laughs> oh that's nasty
0: uh last time i tried to fuck a cat you know what i got <laughs> <laughs> my number five for this uh, i'm combining two viral stars into what's going to be an amazing show this is this is going to be the you know the what are those video it's going to be that guy combined with damn Daniel. And both those guys are going to get together and they're going to basically do a, a show where um, it's like a, it's like a Pawn Stars kind of, or comic book men type show where people come in and it's shoes based. So uh, damn Daniel and the what are <laughs> those guy are going to ho- have like a, a shoe store and you can come in and buy famous shoes or sell your shoes to them and they'll haggle with you for them. And, uh, they'll like, you know, they'll show off the shoes and, and why they're significant and stuff like that. So it's effectively Pawn stars slash comic book men with the damn Daniel guy and the what are those guy. And they always, um, basically whenever someone walks into the store, one of those guys will either, will say one of their catchphrases and, uh, and that'll be, that'll be fucking sweet. So it'll be sneaker culture and, um, and those two dudes, um, talking about, talking about kicks.
1: Probably not a show I'd watch, but I'm i glad you would.
0: <laughs> Dude, I love sneaker culture. I, I don't I don't collect myself, but I do love it. And uh as much as I <laughs> as much as that, that Daniel guy looks like just such a little rich white dickhead kid. Um <laughs> so I, I as much as it would pain me to to support him, uh, I would definitely watch his show as long as he said Dad, Daniel all the time.
1: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. Uh, my number four is this one's pretty simple. Um, it's uh, too many cooks.
0: <laughs> oh Christ! But I was really I hoping wa- that one come up.
1: <laughs> I just want to see that as an actual show where it's like a like a, an eighties nineties uh, family sitcom, but then this guy comes in and he's like murdering people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can actually see, see that being cool. Like I, it's you, basically you horror, but they never treat it as horror.
1: Yeah, it, it could be a fun little genre genre thing, and uh, you know, it could last a little while and. Maybe every episode could be a different family he comes in and, and kills. Something like that. I don't know. Um, but I want to see that play out as a full thing. But then it gets really weird, too, with, like, there's a a giant cat, a giant, giant puppet cat <laughs> stuff in it. But uh, I don't know. I, I would like to see that as a full thing, though. This one isn't really creative other than just, like, I kind of want to see that played out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd watch it. My number four is a travel show. Uh, sort of like, um, sort of like uh, Inspector Gadget's field trip, except instead of Inspector Gadget as the mascot, it's that backpack kid that does the floss move all the time. <laughs> so he goes around the world and does his move in front of famous monuments, and then tells you about them monuments. So it's probably like for kids to watch in school to learn about different parts of the world. Um, and so he'll do his, he'll do his dance, and then he'll be like, "Oh, I'm dancing in front of the, little, the Leaning Tower of Pizza." And when I'm done, here's the historic uh, significance of that building and how it came to be leaning and all that stuff. So it's educational for the kids, Mm -hmm. and it includes that stupid fucking move that they like doing so much.
1: Do you think he'll also go to the Leaning Tower of Pisa, too?
0: I said pizza. I knew you weren't going to let me get away (laughs) with that, you fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's, that's fair. That's (laughs) all I got to add there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: number three all right so this is where i start to get a little bit uh out there with them the, this one is based off of david after dentist where he you know he's on uh anesthesia or whatever mm-hmm. and but instead of being david after dentist it's just like kid after dentist or child after dentist where it's it's uh <laughs> they they give it's like a, a 30 minute like uh Kind of almost like an America's Funniest Home Videos setup, where like they bring a kid in, they give him anesthesia, um, and then like they they show they have videos of him and they like react to it. So like they they bring the kid in prior, they're like, okay, you're gonna do this. Here's anesthesia.
0: Oh Jesus! <laughs> and, then,
1: and then like they record how the kid is doing his everyday life, like he's eating. You know, sandwich or you know, drawn with fucking crayons or whatever, and they have the video of it, and then they have it in studio with the audience and stuff, Uh, and then the host could be Bob Saget again. They like react to it and be like, you know, oh, you know, what do you think you being stupid there, (laughs) like that type of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, kind of like the kind, like kind of like America's Funniest Home Videos, Um, and it could be hilarious because kids are stupid.
0: Kids are very stupid. Uh, It's like a, it's like AFV meets uh, kids say the darndest things. Like both.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but uh, they have I, to I have give him anesthesia. Shit,
0: yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna drug a bunch of kids. Good luck getting that past the studios. Um, yeah, we're gonna drug a bunch of kids and reward, record them. I would watch it, and actually that mm-hmm. dovetails nicely into my uh, into my number three, which is based on another drug influenced video, uh, drinking out of cups. <laughs>
1: oh no, I knew that was coming.
0: Yeah, so drinking out of cups. If you haven't seen it, basically this guy's tripping. I think I think the story goes that he's on acid. And so he's basically narrating his hallucination throughout the video. And the video is really popular because it has like visual flair will show up. So he's like, he's talking about that. He's like Mr. Balloon Hands, uh, which is a hallucination he must be seeing. And then it pops up a guy with balloons for hands up on screen. And the way I picture that as a show is essentially like a robot chicken style, like very short sketch, uh, probably animated thing where... um, that guy from that is basically rambling and then you get to watch like the, the walking staircase interact with Mr. Balloon Hands and they have like some really short vignette like uh, sketch type interaction and then it goes on to another one. So effectively, it's just a bunch of hallucination, hallucinatory wild shit that goes on uh, that's narrated by that guy with the same voice and it almost certainly is like an Adult Swim show also because he's got to be able to cuss in it. Um, but that's, that's what I had and I think that'd be wild and goofy.
1: Hmm, that could be a uh, very trippy. Number two, <laughs> my number two is based off of the Rebecca Black Friday song.
0: Oh Jesus! <laughs>
1: but what is it? It's like a it's like a thirty minute, um, like Nickelodeon show with with Rebecca Black. Or yeah, it would have to be Rebecca Black, where she and I don't know how old she is now at this point. So maybe it is her current life. Maybe it's not even a Nickelodeon show, but she goes through. She she just kinda lives her life again like that Nickelodeon show where it's like she goes into school and like there's a cast of characters. But then at the end she recaps it all by singing a version of Rebecca Black, Rebecca Black's Friday. So like all the lyrics are like you know, like based on the show and that the and then the chorus is still It's Friday Friday Oh God <laughs> And it could and, and you could if you didn't want to do like the Nickelodeon you could do it in an adult one where she's you know, she talks about like um I don't even want to do it It's too It could get too bad
0: 7am waking up in the morning Gotta take shots Gotta go to the bar Yeah I would watch that Parents Across America though If that ended up as a Nickelodeon show Where she's narrating that way Parents Across America would fucking murder you That shit is so annoying Kind of like your baby shark The baby shark thing also That's There's a lot yeah. of a lot of parents are going to be Taken to the streets with violence
1: Oh it, yeah it's It's going to get People already hate it So it's just going to get worse yeah but
0: i hate i hate that i love it so much that's my thing because i get i gets down to baby shark when it comes on but uh, oh okay yeah no dude that's a funky ass song
1: mm. Not,
0: just yeah. saying mm-hmm. <laughs> uh my number two you remember sweet brown yeah <laughs> sweet <laughs> brown. do i
1: remember sweet brown <laughs>
0: Sweet Brown, not just my nickname in high school. Nice. It's also uh, the lady that goes, uh, I got bronchitis. bronchitis. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. And what I want to do with Sweet Brown.
1: Oh, you it, can't. There's not even a list long enough for what I want to do with Sweet Brown.
0: Oh, no.
1: Oh, that's nasty.
0: You're going to get down with Sweet Brown. Oh, um, yeah. What I want to do with Sweet Brown. This is... This is <laughs> This is really specific and wacky and out there, but stay with me here. <laughs> I want to, I want to put Sweet Brown. I want to replace. I want to. I want her to replace Roseanne on the show. Roseanne.
1: Uh, <laughs> what?
0: So Roseanne got kicked off her show last summer. Everyone knows that, and now it's just the Connors. But what I want to happen is I want to basically go back in time and just replace Sweet Brown in that role as the matriarch of that family doing her whole Sweet Brown thing. But the rest of the show is totally normal around it. So the only difference is just instead of reacting like Roseanne would react, she reacts like Sweet Brown would react. So it's like this, this weird fish out of water thing where she doesn't really belong in that house. um, But, and everyone's like, why the fuck is this lady in our house? Um, Mm -hmm. And and she's doing her her whole sweet brown thing so i was like i wanted a sitcom starring sweet brown where she could just talk and interact and go about her regular ass life but then i was like how can i make that weird and put her in roseanne i think that would be fucking weird at least for yeah, one episode I'm, it'd probably get canceled immediately though
1: yeah like john goodman is is uh wanting to like go to the go to like go to a movie or something and she's like ain't nobody got time for that That's a catchphrase
0: <laughs> that would basically be the title of the show yeah um, the other option for her would be um, like a like an MTV Unplugged kind of thing where they bring in a live audience and she tells you a story. And so every week she would just tell a new story in her sweet brown way of telling stories. <laughs> Probably both. They could both be back to back on ABC.
1: There you go. Kind of like how Drew Carey used to be back to back with Whose Line? Exactly. There you go. Number one. Uh, this one really is, is the reason that I wanted to do this. It's, uh, and I want, I want this TV show. So this is a 30 minute sitcom, like on, uh, like it would probably, it'd probably be on CBS and, uh, it's based off, look at this graph.
0: Oh no. And,
1: and so, uh, it's, it's Chad Kroger from Nickelback, but he's a, uh, he works in an office, like it's, it's an office type setting and, <laughs> and, and he, uh. <laughs> he he has to give like he has to it's always a hit, like the show is always revol- revolved around him giving presentations and so then at the end of the episode he's he does look at this craft but there's like this whole thing that goes up in between where like there's dilemmas and stuff and he's always rushing to get his his work done sometimes he's goofing off playing playing rock and roll with his buddies or he's going to the bar and having a drink at lunch or something but at the end of the episode he always in in the in crunch time uh, gets his gets his presentation together and ends the episode with, look at this graph, and looks really happy about it.
0: That's, uh, yeah, that, that would be a show. That's certainly true. <laughs> um, that video, like, that's one of those, I thought it was really funny for a little bit, and then I started hating it. And and so that's where I'm at on it now. I'm glad that you still love it, because um, it is kind of a funny shot of him doing that. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not gonna watch your show, but I, I think America nah, I think America would love it.
1: <laughs> you can just go fucking eat a dick.
0: <laughs> All right, well, while I'm eating the dick, I will tell you what show I'm gonna be watching. So it's talented. This show is <laughs> this show is on AMC. Um, it is probably like Sunday nights and this show is do you remember um, you remember the following?
1: Yeah, Which, I remember the following. It
0: was like a, um, it was like a cult based around like a serial killer, and the whole this whole long show was about this one serial killer kind of doing his thing around, and then Kevin Bacon was trying to catch him. So this is a show kind of like that. It's like a really long form uh, show based around like a serial murderer, and the show is centered around Antoine Dodson. <laughs> <laughs> Antoine Dodson, if you don't remember, is the hide your kids, hide your wife guy. And so basically it's him um, and maybe his, his family has been taken and he is kind of the center point of this whole thing where he's pleading to, you know, to the, the law enforcement and to the community at large to like come together and try to find this serial killer that's getting everyone's kids and their wives. And so basically he just, he reads the same lines, but it's with this like dimly lit and darker score. Where he's like, and he, then he reacts it, right? He's like, hug your kids, hide your wife. They're getting everybody out here. And then and then the whole wider story happens around him. There's probably another cop that's brought in. And they'd be played by like, actually that dad, the, that dad that I was talking about from, um, Michael K. Williams would be a good would be a good one. He plays the cop. <laughs> and Antoine Dodson and Michael K. Williams are trying to bring down a serial killer who's getting everybody's wife and kids. So that's what happens in my show. So it's heavy drama. But based on Antoine Dotson. <laughs> still I think that's probably chasing. what it's
1: called too. It's probably going to be called heavy drama.
0: Heavy drama, yeah. I, I would I, I would watch it for sure. So that's mine. That's my number one. I want Antoine Dotson and everything though. I'm I'm kind of surprised we didn't we watched so much of the same YouTube videos. I'm surprised that we didn't have any overlap.
1: Well, I was thinking about it, and the reason for that is is because a lot of the YouTube videos we watch are like aren't really like characters it's it's a lot of just like like snl sketches and like Mm -hmm. jimmy fallon stuff and so you can't really do it's already a show as it is so
0: yeah that's true what if what if we got to the top of the list and my number one was lip sync battle
1: (laughs) i would have slapped you
0: (laughs) or carpool karaoke both of which are shows now
1: chocolate rain's a a show too
0: oh i would watch the fuck out of is it no you're (laughs) kidding right
1: yeah, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> okay. Tay Tazande follows me on Twitter at underscore Cody yeah. Michael. That is fucking true. Yeah. Yeah. Me and him are boys. Yeah. I've actually never met him. Are you?
1: Him. <laughs> or are you the same person?
0: Ooh. Maybe I am Tazande, And I just affect this really high-pitched voice to distract people from my mega-deep, sexy singing voice. <laughs> hmm. Maybe that's what my new number one will be. It's a show based around the true identity of Tazande. Who is it? Is it me? I don't know.
1: Let's find out.
0: Yeah, tune in Tuesdays at seven to find out. Uh, what are what did we miss here, folks? What are some of the great viral YouTube sensations uh, that would make great TV shows? Send us your pitches at underscore Cody Michael, where day follows me, uh, at Seth Oatts, or at Soko Show Pod. And uh, this will be a fun one, especially like if you do have an idea, send it to us. We'll read them. We'll read them on a future show uh, if you do send us a pitch. So let us know. But for now, though, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Mambo Number 5. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number 5. Uh. Five. Five. Let's go forward <laughs> and we're going to switch gears from the world of TV into that of film. Let's talk movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set?
1: Movies.
0: No real headlines this week in the world of TV, but we did want to talk about... Movies, uh, you mean? What did I say? TV God damn it I'm all thrown off the- dude I'm told you my mojo is fucked. Uh, this this is because of I've been watching when they see us. I get so affected by this this is why I don't watch like the depressing movies that you like watching. Um, that shit affects me and so it's it's caused me to be poor at my job and it's pissing me off but I'm a fight on I'm a fight on because that's that's the kind of man I am. Let's talk about the X-Men <laughs> 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 X-Men Dark Phoenix was released this past weekend. I saw it and I'm going to review it in a little bit, but this movie has brought to a close what we know as the X-Men universe that started with X-Men way the hell back in the early 2000s. And uh, we'll finish with Dark Phoenix before being picked back up by Marvel and the folks over at Disney as part of that new deal. So this, uh, we'll get to talking about Dark Phoenix specifically here in a bit, but X-Men is a, an interesting series, right? So you had the first, you had the original trilogy of X-Men and then a couple Wolverine break-off shows and then they went kind of almost reboot prequel style with the new cast. So this is really kind of a, a, a wider series of, of multiple smaller series within them and then you could include Deadpool uh, in those as well. Um, I, I, have, I have, on the whole, I've, I've enjoyed the X-Men. I think that a lot of people don't give X-Men enough credit because of what Marvel has done. Um, But I've, I've enjoyed pretty much every X-Men movie that I've seen. But Seth, I know you're not quite a big fan as, fan as I am of these movies.
1: Yeah, they just never really have done it for me. I, I I just, for whatever reason, they've never really grabbed, grabbed my, my fanfare. Like I, I think the one I enjoyed the most was Days of Future Past, where they mm-hmm. kind of went back and forth and all that stuff, and I thought that was that thought, thought that was pretty well done, and that was the most I really liked those characters. But the rest of them, I just like they were they were even back when I was a kid when superhero movies were just starting off. Like I didn't I thought they all looked pretty bland. I you know I I thought there were some decent performances out of you know d- d- decent portrayals out of them, but I just. I never felt a connection to those characters and I, I never thought they were, you know, mind blowing. I I thought, I thought people, some people gave a lot of them too much credit and a little bit too much leeway. Um, I don't know. I just never really, none of it really ever grabbed me. Um, I know I thought Logan was, was a, was a fine movie, but it wasn't the masterpiece that everyone gave it credit for. I, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I, it just never had that, the, any sort of real, real, real attention grabbing that, that it did for other people, I guess, for me.
0: Yeah. So I I totally get that, especially, you know, when you, when you compare, you know, what, what they've done in the last, we'll say 10 years to what's gone on in the Marvel side. Cause I I think it's, I think it's very easy to say that X-Men movies in general have not been good, as good as the MCU. And so, Certainly can understand why it's not grabbing everybody, but I do think that going back to the the first trilogy of X Men movies, I think, you know, they were pre all this MCU stuff. There were some of the first really successful superhero movies of our lifetimes, um, coinciding, of of course, with like Spider Man, the Tobey Maguire versions in the early aughts. Um, And I think that it's it's my opinion that superhero movies, as they are today, do have they do owe a lot to the success of Spider-Man and X-Men in those early aughts and especially kind of the team-ups that we've seen be so successful because X-Men really did pioneer that. Um, And it's certainly to go back and watch those now, I don't know would be incredibly entertaining because of how, how far (laughs) things have come since then. I know the effects aren't as great, but um, I think that original couple movies uh, really did kind of set the table for what was to come afterwards in terms of in terms of superhero movies and how huge they've gotten do you would you agree with that or do you think there are other yeah. influences that deserve more credit
1: No I agree I agree that they that they they do have um they they like you said they set the table and and other movies do have a lot to owe I mean they they, they broke mainstream and people really enjoyed them mostly because of people like Halle Berry and and um Hugh Jackman who were, who did a good job with kind of being like the leaders of those movies but um, for me, I think, and I think the reason that I don't connect with the X Men is because I think it's just a problem in general with the X Men. For me, is that it, it's 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 a team of thing, a team of a team of people that the whole premise is based around the team of people and not really like the not like one hero, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't have like the people have their favorite X Men, but I don't. I didn't really care about care about any of them because it just it was all kind of so spread out and I I don't know I just there wasn't something like specifically there for me that like there wasn't just like the reason I like these other like Marvel characters is because you spend time with that one character throughout the whole thing for mm-hmm. the most part. And another reason for me, like Guardians I like those movies, but I, I so a lot of people have big old boners over those movies and I'm just kind of like they're fine, you know. But I think that's another issue. It's like I like having that that one character that I can latch on to and really get to know. And I think that's probably my issue with X-Men. Like I said, they're they're I would say probably half of I've seen almost all of them um half of them i think are are okay um and and those half are the ones that are generally you know have decent stories to them and are you know look visually uh, appealing and 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 all that um whereas like th- i think the the other half that i think are bad movies just bad movies in general are like they you know it's because they weren't able to put together a cohesive story and 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 do do good things in in that area so um, and that's the other thing too, I think with X-Men for me is that they were so hit and miss throughout their time that I didn't know if like, I didn't want, I didn't know if going into an X-Men movie, if it was going to be the, a good, you know, a decent one, or if it was going to be a poop one, you know, mm-hmm. and then they, you had a 50, 50 shot pretty much any anytime you went to the theater with an X-Men movie for it to be poop. So,
0: yeah, I think part of that, so you touched on a few things that I think are true. The, the. And I think they made an attempt at making Wolverine kind of the centerpiece of this this whole thing, but you're right. When you do make the attention on the wider team, then it removes the opportunity for someone to latch onto a main character and really connect with them. Um, mm-hmm. That's not something that I tend to require in movies, and we've talked about this in the past. You're much more into the, the character of it all and you know, let me connect with this specific person and see how they grow, whereas I, I do tend to look on a, a wider team picture and I can enjoy a movie just based on the general aspects of it than getting into one specific character at a time. So I think it makes sense that I like him more than you, but I do agree that there is, it does leave something to be desired when, when you have all of these characters you're supposed to care about. And I think another thing too, X-Men has been going on for so long and with so many different iterations and so many different great stories that it gets really hard for them to pick which stories to use. And because they've all part of the reason they've all seemed really disjointed because they're jumping around in time. They're changing the cast all the time. They don't have a single continuity, really. That makes Mm -hmm. a ton of sense, which the MCU has done brilliantly at. Um, And so I think that's part of it, too, is it it all seems very disjointed. And there's not a there's not a line. You think about Star Wars, you know, there's three very different trilogies of Star Wars and each of them has a different main character. um, But they do have a through line through all of it. And while X-Men, the argument would be that Wolverine is that through line, uh, I don't think it was executed as well as in some of the other series that we've seen. And so the bouncing around nature of it prevents me from really starting to care about any one of these these characters. Even even if you really loved Wolverine, it gets hard to, to follow him and to be emotionally connected with him through all of these that are such disjointed like the what what happened in one movie doesn't necessarily affect him in others and that's kind of weird so it, it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't allow you to build what the MCU has where I have so much I've, I care so much about Captain America because I've seen what's happened to him throughout his story uh, I, I don't think that the x-men has that and that's not to say they can't be good movies you know I'm all for standalone films um, you know and, and it sounds like DC may be kind of getting into some of that and I'm all for that uh, but I do think it's a reason why more people haven't connected to it. I think it's pretty common. I think your position on the X Men is pretty common. I think it's one that you know people will go to, but uh, you know probably not going to watch at home, and there's not going to be the huge, huge turnouts on opening weekend. Dark Phoenix this past weekend, I think he said made something like thirty million dollars, not a hit at all, and I think that's part of why you know this epic conclusion doesn't feel like that because of those things. Uh, it, it's more difficult than other series. To really dive into and be such a fan of, specifically the films. I mean, the the X Men comics. That's a different story, but but the films um, did not really give themselves an opportunity to be similar to what the MCU is. And I and we don't know that that was ever their intent. You know, um, they probably well, didn't start with X Men One thinking, "Can't wait to make Dark Phoenix in fifteen years and make a billion dollars."
1: Yes. No that that's that's very true because I remember after the third one came out that it was pretty much done. Like mm-hmm. everything had been done from them. I don't think they had planned to do, you know, like the whole, like they went back into the prequels, but I don't think they had planned to make it a whole, you know, universe type thing where it's all interconnected and all that. Uh, because they, you know, in, in days of future past, they retconned X-Men three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like, uh, cause I remember that too. Cause X-Men three, everyone hated X-Men three. Um, and still people still call it the worst one. And so people are just like, all right, Law of Diminishing Returns. We like the first one, second one was fine, third one sucks. Um, and so uh, no one really had wanted to do anything. And then they made First Class, I think that that was the, the prequel for the first one. And so then they uh, people were kind of back into it uh, a, a little bit again. And then the, you know, the rest of those kind of went up and down too. And then they connected with Days of Future Past and all that. But um, see, so yeah, I remember that. It, it was kind of one of those things that... It took some time for people to get the bad taste of X-Men 3 out of their mouths for them to to remake, to to go back into the X-Men, because obviously they owned the property, so they wanted to make more of it. But for me, too, is like, I didn't, I had saw, I think I saw the first one uh, when it came out on like DVD. I think I had, to, I, I ended up having to go, I, then I came back and saw like Days of Future Past. So I'd seen like bits and pieces of the other ones and stuff, but I saw Days of Future Past. So I'm like, this one's really good. I'll go back and rewatch And then I went back and rewatched everything prior, like all the prequels and everything like that. And I'm like, okay, these are not, not not great. (laughs) You know, like I didn't really like it just, I gave it the initial shot and I was like, okay, it's fine. And then came back later. I was like, I like this one a lot. And then it just filling in the holes and and seeing how, seeing what else came. Apocalypse was a big old fart, you know, like it's just, these movies just had, didn't have great returns for me. and, And yeah. I'm, I'm okay that they're being left in the past.
0: I will give them credit for this. They, they were not afraid to try new things. You know, they, they did the three and then they're like, okay, let's see if we can branch uh, Wolverine off. And then I think part of the reason also that it is so disjoint is that they did a trilogy. Then they did the two Wolverine movies and then they went to the prequels so that they very disconnected. You can separate them really easily. And um, I, 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 I do have to give them credit for trying that, you know, to say, okay, you know, we did the original trilogy, because um, it would be very easy for them to be like, okay, let's do the day after X Men three, or let's do a prequel about the days leading up to the first X Men. That's easy to do, but to decide, let's change a lot of this. Let's let's take Wolverine to a new part of the world, or let's go to a different point in time. Let's change the entire fucking cast. Like, that's um, those are ballsy moves. And I think, in large part, I think they they were rewarded for that with pretty pretty decent box office returns um, over the course of the series. But so I do think, you know, even though we're not talking about it as this great MCU opponent or whatever, um, I think they did a lot of things that I I, I would commend. But you know, even even if even being a fan of them as I have been, uh, and I'm higher on I'm pretty much all of them than than most people are, um, maybe with the exception to Logan. Um, the, they, I can, I can appreciate what they've tried to do and what they have done successfully, even though they're not as great because no one wants to be fucking compared to the MCU because nothing seems good compared to that. Um, but I am glad for them having existed. Um, and here's the other question too, you know, with the MCU, as at a place where it's ready to do some new things? Of course, we just had Disney acquired by Fox. Do you, I go back and forth on this. What are your thoughts on the X Men coming into the MCU? Do you do you want that to happen, and how would you like to see it happen? What are your concerns about it? What do you what do you think of that?
1: Um, I I think they'll they'll probably have a better plan for it than than uh, you know kind of what they did with with Fox. But uh, you know I'm definitely open for it. I mean, again, we've talked about it before. It, if if they can make, even though I'm not as high on it as other people are, if they can make something like the Guardians work or Ant Man work, where you know it's just this low property that shouldn't work in theory that does. I, I mean, they could probably do some awesome things with X-Men, because in the comics and the cartoon, I liked the cartoon, actually, when I was a kid, Um, they do a lot of, there's a lot of big storylines with the X-Men and X-Men and the Avengers and all that stuff that they can do now, and, and I think that they have, now they have the property, and it probably worked better for them to ha- not get X-Men until after, that you know, they've done this all this stuff already with, with the MCU, because uh, now they have a whole batch of really popular stories they can do with the X-Men and the Avengers. Um, and Fantastic Four and all that stuff. So uh, it's good for them. They have a whole group of stories they can do now that people are going to love.
0: Yeah, I do. And and I think, and what I hope they do, either in a series form or in, you know, the movies that they're going to do, um, so much of what it made X-Men great is it's it came out around the time of, like, civil rights in the 60s, and that whole idea of, like, mutants being kind of an allegory for black folks and how they integrate with society. That's been touched on in several of the movies, but I don't think really done well in any of them. And I would love to see that story really be, you know, dove into and explored more. Um, I don't know if we'll get it, but I would love to see that. So that's how, I, that's how I hope they're brought in. But I don't know if that fits in with what they've done already in the MCU. I don't know how they explain all of a sudden mutants are going to show up, uh, you know, in this world we've already been living in. Um, i don't know I'm, I'm with you though i am excited i think i think they're going to find a lot of a lot of financial success with bringing them over um, and really you know anything they do we're gonna go watch so uh, whatever mm-hmm. it is they do i know i know we'll both be uh, excited to check it out so what are your thoughts on the x-men franchise let us know in the comments uh, or on the tweets and we'll come back in a second to review dark phoenix uh, but before we get into our reviews let's let's make the quota what's your name fuck you that's my name (laughs) my name is Inigo Montoya and I quote Seth has found a quote from a movie I need to figure out who said it and in what film what do you got for us this week
1: we lived on farms then we lived in cities and now we're going to live on the internet
0: and I'm trying for context. Do you remember what we did last week? Do you remember what the quote was last week?
1: I'm not going to tell you. You're
0: not going to fucking tell me. Okay. Um, so outside of context, my my first guess would be um, Jeff Bridges and Tron. No. No? Okay. And it's not the Matrix. Uh, Fuck no. Yeah, I know you, you wouldn't pull a Matrix quote. Oh, um, it's got to be from the social network. Um, yes. Is it... Hmm? Uh, is, is it Andrew Garfield in that? No. No? Is it, uh, is it Sean Parker, Justin Timberlake's character? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that is a good one. Yeah, we lived on... Yeah, okay. That makes sense. I was like... I, my first thought went to The Matrix, because obviously that's living on the internet. Um, and then Tron is kind of the same thing. Um, Social Network, though. That movie fucking bangs. Like, mm-hmm. it. Uh, it's probably... I don't remember what it lost to that year. It was a great year, though, in the Oscars, because it was nominated. King Speech? Is that what it fucking lost to? Ugh. I think so. And I think was Inception up that same year?
1: I think so, and also uh, 127 Hours.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, those were
1: Also, my... maybe The Fighter. I think The Fighter might have also been up there. Could have those, been. Yeah, that was an amazing year. So those
0: were 2010 releases, right? Um,
1: oh, maybe not
0: then. So I know Inception was that year, and Social Network was that year, and they both fucking lost. Um, I think it was The King's Speech though that won that year, and that's horseshit. Cause the Social Network and the Social Network, like everyone, almost everyone has seen it, but I would, I would, I would encourage people to go see it again because it holds up really, really well, and it's just so really, so brilliantly acted and brilliantly written that um, people should go back and watch it. What's that thing when we? Um, you know it's like an older movie but we we still want people to go back and watch it. What's that? What's that called? You uh, you recommend. We're
1: going, we don't need roads.
0: <laughs> I'm going to take and I'm going to add that little like bitch voice you were doing a second ago to the sounder so that it happens every week. <laughs> uh, the social network And uh, Sean Parker, as played by Justin Timberlake, is the answer to this week's edition of Making the Quota. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. (laughs) My name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote. Oh, yeah.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, that same year. Social Network, The Fighter, Inception, 127 Hours, Black Swan. The kid's all right. True Grit, Winner's Bone, and Toy Story Three. That should have won.
0: And The King's Speech won. Yeah. Holy shit! That movie was, but what a crazy good year that was. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Yep. I forgot about all those.
1: The 2011 Academy Awards.
0: I think King's Speech and Toy Story are the only two I haven't seen out of that group, and I love all those movies. What a waste, fucking Academy, man. Let's uh, let's talk about the stuff that came out this past weekend, or at least that we watched this past weekend. We're going to do some reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. I hated it. I'll go first. Um, so I saw no. Dark... I just, yes.
1: <laughs> I'm I, not going to let you push me around like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fight me over it. I want to talk about Dark Phoenix, and I want to do it now. I uh, I went and saw that yesterday, Okay, Dark Phoenix. So as I as I alluded to earlier when we were talking about the X Men, um, I tend to be a little bit higher on these films than most people are. I, that will that will again be true here, but I want to emphasize a little higher. Um, I had a fun time at Dark Phoenix. If you don't know, the plot is based around Jean Grey, who is played by um, oh god, she's Sansa Stark in uh,
1: Sophie Turner.
0: Sophie Turner plays plays Jane Grey and she gets uh, she she is imbued with a, a bunch of extra powers and it starts to make her kind of evil and so the X-Men have to decide what they want to do about that, that and old chestnut, that old chestnut exactly they bring back all the cast that you're used to from recent films James McAvoy Jennifer Lawrence uh, Michael Fassbender is in here Evan Peters <laughs> uh, Michael Fassbender Michael Michael Macle- Macle- Fassbender is in this one. Um, Jessica Chastain is added as this this new character and um, I'm probably missing some of the others, but pretty solid cast. Oh the guy that, the guy that was the lead on Ready Player One. Um, he plays Cyclops and I cannot remember his name. But anyway, this movie really doesn't do anything special, I think is is kind of the main thing that I will tell you. Uh, it's enjoyable because it is shiny and cool. Uh, there's some pretty cool action set pieces in here. You know, um, the effects in here are really good. And there are some cool shots and scenes. But it really isn't doing anything you haven't seen before. Um, it's not, there. there isn't some great piece of acting I can point to or writing for that matter. Um, it just kind of feels flat, especially for a movie that's marketed as an epic. It really is not that. Uh, Sophie Turner is fine in this role, but it's frustrating to watch her because I know she's capable of more than this. And so it's frustrating to watch her performance here. It feels very flat. And I think that's as much the writing as it is her. I don't think I blame her for it. This story just isn't a compelling one. You know, she, she gets some power. She accidentally hurts a couple people and then they're like, Oh, you know, some people want to kill her. Some people want to save her. And you know what happens that's effectively the story of this, but they this whole movie is on fast forward. They I think they made a real effort to get this in under 2 hours and they did that. But they they lost the this needs to be a more slow burn descent into some evil shit that happens with with her with with Jean Grey's Phoenix character. You know, that that should be a longer story where you can see her change over time. It happens really quickly where like you know, she goes from "Oh my God, what's happening?" These are accidents that I'm causing. To "I'm bad now," and then back f- back from it at another point. Like it j- it 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 didn't get enough time. And I, I I typically don't ask for movies to be longer, but this one sh- probably should have been, uh, so that we could build out everything that's going on. There is a there's an angle that's taken in here with Professor Xavier that was really different and fresh, and I actually kind of liked that, talking about Xavier and. How responsible he is for what the X Men do, and how responsible he is for their lives, um, and how he how he views himself as a, court, a sort of celebrity, you know, with a beeline to the president. Because by this point, it's the early '90s. The X Men are a official team of heroes that everyone knows about, and they're famous. So, how does how Xavier takes on that fame is interesting. It's weird though, because there really isn't like an overarching, these movies, when these movies work, it's when there's something literally dramatic happening. And then a subtext, this didn't really have the subtext, uh, and what was literally happening wasn't terribly exciting. You know, it it almost is a case of stakes being too big. Um, you know, the world is at stake, of course, in this movie, like in fucking every movie now, um, I would say there is a relatively satisfying conclusion here. But it's pretty much exactly what you would assume it is going into the movie. Um, I'll say this, and I know I know Jared touched on this uh, in his review over on the YouTubes. At
1: Jared Buckendall.
0: That Jessica Chastain is added to this cast, and we are all, of course, familiar with her from several movies and being fantastic. She is made to look like a bad actress in this movie. And <laughs> I, I know it's not her because I've seen her in other things, but... The, the writing and the situations that she's in and she's having to, for reasons, she's having to affect certain speech patterns and, and just the way she acts. And it just, it all makes her look just bad. And and there's also a really conveniently disposable army of bad guys in this that is just, really, this movie is just so chock full of shit you've seen before. And I think that's part of why it's falling flat for people. I wouldn't say it's outwardly bad very often, It just never surprises you. And I think that's why people aren't connecting with it. But in terms of how it's shot, fine. The writing is fine. Um, The acting is fine. But just when it all comes together and none of it is special, it makes everything look worse than it is. So uh, I am not recommending folks go out to see this. Unless you're an X-Men completionist, I would say that this movie is just south of fun, but uh, but um, definitely on the butt side rather than the excellent <laughs> side, uh, so it's just south of fun. I enjoyed it. If you're gonna see it, see it on the big screen. But this is one that, again, unless you're an X Men completionist, I don't think is a must see at all. And I, I know, will not. I know you're not. You're not getting out to see this one. <laughs> so you're you're all, you're chance. certainly off the hook.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't gonna go. Pretty much regardless, unless it would have came out and been like, this is the best superhero movie of the last decade or whatever. Then I would have went to see it. But well, yeah, I, again, we've talked about it in depth. I just don't care. And I'm glad it's gone. Yeah.
0: Also, I need to issue. I need to issue a death threat to our to our friend at
1: Jared Buckendall
0: who fucking told me that there was a post credit scene in this movie. And so I sat through all the credits and there is no post credit scene in this movie. And so so Jared, I'm I'm coming for you man. Okay?
1: He was clearly joking.
0: Well, I I I thought no, I didn't think he was clearly yeah. joking. I thought he was yes. saying So we had a conversation and he said there is a post credit <laughs> scene and it's this wacky goofy thing that happens that I'm not going to say. Um and I was like, "Oh, this is you saying that there is a post credit scene, but it's not that." Um so that motherfucker owes me 10 minutes of my life and I'm going to come, I'm going to come extract them from him at some point. So watch your back, Jared. I'm coming for you. <laughs> All right. He, that's it. You got any... He's
1: clearly joking about it though. I, I'm reading the text right now. Okay.
0: Well, you know what? Fine. Okay. Well, then I was misled by, by the joke <laughs> and, and maybe that's on me, but you know what? Fool me once. Shame on you. And I think he's only fooled me once. So shame on him. And uh, yeah. and there, there's no post credit. So if you're going to go see it, there's no post credit scene. Just know that.
1: Oh, my God. This is on you. I wouldn't be mad at him. I, this is on you for believing the, the dumb thing he said. Hey,
0: hey, <laughs> you know what? Um, that's You're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> but I've already issued the threat. So the threat remains, Jared. Right or wrong, I'm, I'm coming for you. That is all. <laughs> God. Uh, that's it for Dark Phoenix. Again, um, not a recommend. Seth, you saw a movie I have never fucking heard of, um, but you had me put it on the schedule for today. So Wow. Yeah, I, it, I hope it's good.
1: Call yourself a movie fan and you don't even know movies? You suck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, <laughs> so I watched uh, a movie on VOD, independent movie called Changeland. Uh, it's a movie I've actually heard about for about a year now. Uh, it's written, produced directed and stars uh seth green who is scott evil from austin powers fame um
0: God, talk about a guy most, i no. forgot existed
1: oh fuck you you don't forget seth's
0: yeah uh, well i only have room in my heart for the one seth that's the problem
1: oh okay don't don't try and make up for it now um but uh, I am the so, uh
0: does that make up for it
1: <laughs> nope it does not uh, what about this i crazy. really like feet
0: <laughs> yeah see now we're good
1: <laughs> no um, so Changeland I, I heard about it about a year ago he, Seth Green was on a podcast and was talking about making the movie it's his first movie he's uh, written and directed That's that's been made and uh, so what it is is basically it's uh, Seth Green he is he goes on a trip to Thailand that he initially intended to go on with uh, his wife in the movie and um he finds out that she has been having a, an affair for a little while, and so instead of he was going to surprise her with this trip, um, and and he had planned it for like a year out, and then found it, found out shortly before they left. So instead of uh, surprising her with it, he goes by, or he he goes um, off and and just kind of leaves her uh, at home and he brings along his, his uh, friend on the trip, his best friend, Brecken Meyer is played by Brecken Meyer in the movie. And uh, they take this, this trip to Thailand together, which is meant for like a honeymoon type trip. So they're um, like, they have like really romantic rooms. There's like, uh, like rose petals and stuff on the bed. And um, they do like these, uh, this couple boat retreat and stuff like that. And so people keep calling them a couple throughout, which is kind of funny, but uh, it's, it, so then, the movie kind of goes into like a like a buddy buddy comedy type thing, but also like an introspective like Seth Green is um, dealing with now. Have it, it, kind of like what does he do now, and and kind of like the running theme of that is uh, Brecken Meyer suggests: Do you um, do you try to fix it? Or do you um, do you try to fight for it? Or do you do, do you just uh, let it be? And so there's that that whole kind of thing going on with Seth Green uh, exploring where where his life where his life goes now and does he try and go back and work on things with his wife or does he, um, you know, end it and, and, um, you move on. And throughout this too, it's, it's an exploration of, of him, like what he's done in his life so far has he not you know has he lived his life um or is he kind of just going going through the motions and um is everything that he's done right for him so far and and you know what does he do in the future and that type of thing so there's a lot of a lot of it's very personal story uh in that in that regards it's actually the the story is based off kind of something that that happened he he wasn't like left by his wife or anything like that but he took a trip with a buddy um and it might even been breckenmeyer because those two are like really good friends um, and people kept coming up to them thinking it was a romantic getaway like after <laughs> retreat and stuff like that. So it's kind of, it's based around that, but he also was able to put in, um, you know, an actual kind of a deeper story into it. So that's pretty cool. I, I liked the feel of it because it had, uh, almost like a, without a paddle feel, which is, is what, uh, the, uh, the. Seth, Seth Green did, uh, like one of his first big movies was, was without a paddle. Um, and one of my favorite movies, I love that movie, but, uh, so it kind of has that feel of like that, that character from that movie kind of almost like a little bit of a spiritual sequel to it. Like what this guy, cause kind of has a similar storyline in that, um, and, and in those two movies, but, um, it. It's it's a fun movie. It takes you know some fun twists and turns throughout with with different characters that pop in. Macaulay Culkin pops in and does like a he's like a guide uh, for for uh, Seth Meyer or Seth Seth, or Seth Green and and, and Meyer and this other couple. So he does like a boat guide type thing and and uh, he plays like a really funny, uh, just like a really weird dude who is like very adventurous and stuff. And then also. Um, Randy Orton from the WWE has a, has a has a cameo in it. Uh, he plays like a he's like the they meet up him meet up with him at a bar and he's like the at first he's kind of intimidating where he's like um, he's like taking drinks with a bunch of people and he's like who are these fucking guys and then he's like uh, then he like offers him a shot and it's like real buddy buddy and he's like this weird. He's also kind of like this weird, introspective guy, too. He sees, like, Seth Seth Green's going through some stuff, and he's like, come with me, man. And then he, like, takes him kind of on, like, a little side journey thing. And he's actually really good in this. Like, he's not... With a lot of guys like that, you think they come in and are, like, really rigid and really just like you can tell they're you know playing a part where he just felt really personal and like seemed like he was having fun and and personable and, and like he was having fun and um he wasn't overdoing it like a lot of those guys are coming and overdo it and be like yeah you know <laughs> like that type of thing and he he was just like really chill and laid back and it was cool. I, I was like, this—he could actually, you know, have a. The kind, I mean, he, I think he's—he's he's a better actor than John Cena is. And John Cena's not really good, but you know, like, the, <laughs> I think he could actually have a little decent run in some movies if he ever wanted to. He's—he's got—he's got some chops, and he's—he's—he's he's, he's good at playing off. Just he's real comfortable on camera and stuff. So, uh, it was cool. It was cool to see him play that role. Um, and he's actually friends with Seth Green because Seth Green is a big wrestling fan okay and he came he came in and did a match once with uh it was him um john cena and triple h versus uh, randy orton his two members at the time um of his group and so they became friends that way and, and all that but um I, as a whole though again it's 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 a really cool uh like buddy movie that has some deeper stuff to it and it's just really it's real fun because it takes that 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 journey uh like a, a, kind of some ups and downs that you don't expect and and, and that type of thing so um some cool cameos I def- this one is is one I'd recommend if you ever had a chance to watch it I, I wouldn't say like go buy it or anything like that or rent it um, but if it shows up on Netflix or Amazon or Hulu or whatever definitely check it out it's it's on the fun end uh, for sure so uh definitely yeah it's it's uh it's def- it definitely worth watching
0: nice. I always like a good one like this kind of a like a lower key just a nice a nice watch for home uh, uh-huh. sounds like it fits right into that right into that genre you mentioned John Cena uh, in in news that i'm sure you're aware of but i know you're gonna love uh he has officially been added to the cast of the next fast and furious movie
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so yeah whatever i know we can expect Still to see there day one
1: <laughs> not at all um but uh yeah and it's only now the changelands only an hour and 25 minutes so it's a short movie nice. um and it's it's it, yeah it's definitely like i said if you have an hour and a half to kill and it's on one you know streaming service or whatever Um, like I said, it's one of those fun little, just kind of like weekend adventure type movies where, you know, it's not, nothing's too hard to watch or anything. And, uh, it's nice to see kind of the introspective stuff, but it's again, just a fun little buddy comedy type thing.
0: I do. You know, I said, I, I haven't seen Seth Green in a long time. I do miss him though. Like he, I think he wrote on without a paddle. I think he had a partial writing credit on that. And of course he's got like robot chicken going on. I think he's one of those guys. that's like quite a bit smarter than the characters he plays. And uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting to see. So is this more comedic or dramatic or kind of even split?
1: It's probably an even split, I would say. Um, I mean, it's nothing like too seriously dramatic, but they, you know, they they touch on some things that are... Um you know, personal and that type of thing. So it's not like without a paddle was, was way more comedy heavy, and this one's a little bit less. And that was way, a little bit more out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, t- in terms of some of the themes and like the the hairy leg like, girls who lived up in the tree, and you know that type of thing. That that none of that's happening here. Like Macaulay Culkin's probably the the most out there character, and he's just very eclectic and and kind of just like goofy a little bit, but. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I loved Randy Orton's character a lot. I mean, both Breck and, and Seth Green, too, did, did a really good job. I mean, you felt their friendship pretty much right away. Like, there was that connection right there, too. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a good little time.
0: Nice. Yeah, and as, uh, as a pair of dudes who frequently go on dinners and trips together, uh, mm-hmm. I imagine there's something in there that you felt was kind of familiar about people thinking you're a couple. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, the movie is Changeland, and you can find it, uh, is it VOD right now?
1: Yep, it's on uh, Yeah, like uh, Voodoo and uh, Google Play and iTunes, stuff like that.
0: There you go, give it a look. Uh, I'll try to link to it in the description so folks can go find it. Um, pretty good pairing of movies this week. The big-budget blockbuster that wasn't, and the, uh, the nice made-for-home uh, film that you can check out on VOD. So... Uh, Check out Changeland. Probably don't check out Dark Phoenix. uh, And that's it for this week's reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. I forgot to say this uh, during movies, but this is, this is, this is, you know what? Let's call it breaking news. I can't find, there it is. Break yourself, fool. And that's when you break. Tight. I do love that sounder. Um, basically, I wanted to hit it just so that I could say, uh, The One I Love, which is a film that Seth and I have talked about frequently on this podcast, now available on Netflix. So you can go watch it. This is Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss in kind of a nice, tight Plas little- and Moss. Plass and Moss, exactly, which is right next door to Bergs and Dogs. Um, <laughs> so, you, so you can you can watch them. Uh, really great little, uh, I don't even want to say too much about the movie because it's it's- experiencing the movie is, is the fun of it. Um, but they, they are a couple who's having marital issues. Uh, I'm actually going to be watching that later today. So I'm really excited about it. Um, so you can watch it on Netflix. So if you want to see a movie that we've been so heavily recommending for so long, uh, check that one out. And I, I think, I think a lot of folks are going to enjoy it. At least I hope so. Cause we enjoy it a lot and talk about it a lot. So I hope folks like it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, now that we got that plug in, Oh, one more plug. Um, go watch Booksmart. In theaters, um, <laughs> which I think we're, <laughs> we're going to plug every week until it's not in theaters anymore. Um, but we are nearing the end of the show. Before we go, we'll give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more thing. One more thing. My one more thing this week is going to be a, a another viral video, which, by the way, would make a hilarious TV show, I think. Um, have you seen this? It's a dad talking to his, his infant son. Have you seen this, Seth? I don't know. I'm gonna send you the link and uh, I'm gonna let you watch this. So uh-huh. so this video this video is called and I'll link to it in the description box, viral video of baby talking to dad will melt your heart is what this is called. So here's here's the video.
1: Did you understand it though? No. Yeah. No. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Oh no not, not this one. This is, this is the grand finale
0: of it. Okay,
1: so have- yeah, that's the last one. Uh-huh. That's what I was wondering. I don't know what they're gonna do next season because they did some stuff this time.
0: <laughs>
1: exactly what I was thinking. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. Don't bring that again. You know what I'm saying? Don't do the same stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's like that. Yeah. I love
0: you too.
1: Yeah. Like go somewhere else with that, but don't break here. You
0: know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I
1: said. He did. You know what I'm saying? I was like, what in the world? Don't do that here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 <laughs> really? I thought the same thing. <laughs> we think a lot alike, huh? <laughs>
0: Oh, that's crazy! <laughs> right? <laughs> that fucking kid is so goddamn cute. So, um, so that's that's the video. I'm gonna link to it in the description. If, if you listen to that, and we're very confused, effectively, it's this guy talking to his son, who his son is just doing jibber jabber, but he's responding back to him with normal. Normal English, and this kid. The best part about this is that kid is sitting just in an upright position on the couch, which you don't (laughs) see kids that small do. And I think it's fucking hilarious. So I want to see a TV show with those two talking about all sorts of stuff, and I think it would be really entertaining. Also, so this has sparked a a thing online. Um, The it's all I guess a thing in parenting, trying to decide whether or not you're going to talk Goo Goo Gaga to the kids, or if you'll just talk to them in plain English. And apparently mm-hmm. linguists will say that if you just speak normally to children, they tend to grasp the language more quickly and end up over their lifetime being more articulate uh, than if you speak to them in jibber jabber. Uh, and so that's what that's what that dude's doing. It looks like that kid's well on his way.
1: <laughs> oh, well, that's all nice and everything, but I still feel bad for the guy that he has a kid. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, fair.
1: Um, my one more thing I brought up before, just in my in the review a few minutes ago, uh, Seth Seth Green played uh, Scott Evil and Austin Powers. Uh, I was able to watch Austin Powers over the weekend uh, because it is the best trilogy that has ever been made that's not John Wick, and so and so uh, um, it, it was funny because I was discussing the people discussing with the people I was watching it with how much austin powers influenced pop culture and just in the second movie you know there's a lot of different um different things that they said there's the whole like zip it thing that uh dr evil does with scott um there is like the the really you know like where they're like really like doing that type of thing and part of that too, i think is zoolander did, did some of that but i think that was after um after uh, austin powers if i'm not mistaken i don't know actually I, I would, Zoolander I would
0: think Zoolander was after Austin Powers 2. Let's, yeah. let's check it out. Austin Powers 2.
1: But there there is a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, You know, like the like the mini me the one million dollars a little finger you know like the pinky on the on the on the lip thing like there's a whole bunch of little shit it was weird thinking back because like i think of these as dumb fun movies but um you don't think how much they actually impacted the just groovy baby and you know do you do i make you horny and all that (laughs) stuff like all kinds of like little shit that we would quote and and went into mainstream pop culture it's just kind of weird to think about so um that being said go check out they're all on Netflix right now. Go check. Go go back and watch those and see how a How do you think they hold up? And b, um, like try and catch all the little stuff that kind of made its way into pop culture.
0: So I can confirm, uh, Austin Powers Two was was nineteen ninety nine. Zoolander was two thousand one. So
1: I was thinking Zoolander's 01.
0: Yeah. Um. Also, the funny thing. So movies that came around came out around this time. I I know the quotes more from TV. And them being like replayed on TBS and stuff. So I, mm-hmm. you said, do I make you horny? I hear that quote in my head as, do I make you Randy? Which was the the TV edit. And he I know he says that too. In, I know he says it stuff. also. But like hearing him say, do I make you horny? Is it seems offensive to me because I mm-hmm. I know I didn't hear that when I watched it because I I almost exclusively watched these on TV when I was growing up until you know later I was I was a teenager by the time I actually watched them on DVD. Um, so that was a funny. Uh, that's what another thing that I would add is, is like the, the fun edits that you don't realize, that you didn't realize before were there. Um, Austin Powers, though, that does, they hold up pretty well. They hold up pretty well. Mm-hmm. So what do we have? Uh, Austin Powers and uh, hyper-intelligent infants this week in One More Thing. But I'm down to one, one more thing. Well, that's going to do it for episode number 98 of the SoCo Show. We're creeping ever closer to 100. Two weeks from now, uh, big show. We're really excited. We've actually already started planning that one out, which is way further in advance than we tend to do this. Um, so make sure you come back in two weeks. But of course, we'll be back with 99 next week. Uh, share us with a friend. Bring another person to the party. We love to grow this audience and and uh, hang out with even more of you out there. So uh, make sure you share us with a friend. Check out the description box for links to all the stories and videos and etc. that we talked about. Also, don't forget to hit the YouTubes. At
1: Jared Buckendall.
0: You're going to see reviews for Dark Phoenix and a whole bunch of other movies that have come out recently. Also, a new JB sketches up, and uh, it's the casting. I have not watched it myself yet, but you have. It's the casting casting couch. Is that what it is?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty great.
0: <laughs> so make sure you get over there and check that out. We're going to link to that video specifically in the description box. You guys can go check that out. Uh, for now, though, that's going to wrap it up again for number 98. Uh, I have been... Co-Livia Wilde, director of Booksmart. Make sure you go watch that movie. Uh, And he is Seth Ott. And both of us will see you next week.
1: I'm on the mountain